Hello, friends. Welcome to Feed Learning People Podcast, a podcast where fellow humans share their vulnerable moments and how they navigated sticky situations throughout their careers. We've all been there, so let's learn from each other. My name is Jesse, and today I'm here with Twee. <laughs> Twee. <laughs> all right. Today I interview my cousin Twee Jacobson, who is currently pursuing her doctorate in physical therapy. In this episode, she shares her differentiation between a nice person and a pushover, how she resolves people conflicts by being vulnerable first, and why she seeks the outdoors to minimize her stress. Hope you enjoy the episode and check out feedlearning.com for the show notes. Uh, Tui, you're my cousin. Yep, (laughs) correct. Can you scan your resume? I got a job doing like marketing PR Specialist was the title at uh, a post-production house, technically an editing house, like editing commercials uh, mm-hmm. in in downtown Dallas. So I did that for about a year. And um, it was around that time that I was uh, engaged and, you know, was planning a wedding and got married and then also going through, you know, wanting to change careers because I didn't feel totally fulfilled. And then... Um, my husband, Dave, he got a job offer out in LA. So all that, all the changes happened around the same time. So I've found that as a great opportunity to start over. So we moved to LA uh, and then I started pursuing physical therapy as a a career change. And Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't have any student loans to pay off because I didn't have much, which was great, but I was working as a waitress and fulfilling prereqs. And so while I was doing prereqs, I met a girl who got me a job as a physical therapy aide. And so I got a job as an aide and that helped me build up contacts and new network out in LA. And then I applied to PT school and then got into PT school uh, in 2017. Well, early congrats. Uh, can you fill in this blank? To succeed in the job of a physical therapist, you need to be able to connect with people. Why? That's a huge part of this job. I mean, I think that now that it's a clinical doctorate, you get a lot of people who gravitate towards it for the paycheck or what they think is going to be a huge paycheck. And it's it's a mm-hmm. good living and you have the potential to make a lot. But, you know, it's so much more than just knowing kinesiology, physiology, health wellness it's it's also about being able to like sell yourself as a clinician to people and if you don't have compassion empathy it's just how is anybody going to want to do what you're telling them to do i mean that's pretty Mm -hmm. much our job is to identify impairments and then present solutions if it's in our scope of practice and Mm -hmm. you're just trying to get them the last steps to be able to live their life as they wish. Uh, Mm -hmm. Some people don't like it because a lot of times those goals can be really hard to meet because the progression can be slow and it's hard to keep track of goals. So that's why we try to make it, you know, as objective as possible and get numbers so that, you know, you can say, hey, this is what your numbers were when you came in. Now look at you 12 weeks out, you know? So, you know, that's, that's where having good connection and good rapport with people is important because sometimes patients don't see how they've progressed. They can only focus on what they can't do. And so you got to be a good cheerleader and 
get to know them so that you know what can motivate them to to keep pushing and trying instead of giving up and then you know live a sedentary life and then the condition gets worse yeah dramatic but you get what i'm saying yeah definitely i i totally get what you you know when you referred to having that compassion and being able to connect with people because i i went to physical therapy for many things from my knee problems with volleyball and running to when I had my bunion surgery mm-hmm. and uh, so I couldn't like after bunion surgery on both feet I could not even bend my big toe mm-hmm. and it was ridiculous and if my physical therapist was not compassionate and didn't get to know me and was you know just helping bend my toes and massage my feet without really getting to know me I would have felt very uncomfortable and probably would not want to go back to PT and might mm-hmm. not even continue doing my exercises and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I really agree with that. Um, people components, super important in, in your job. Um, what do you find are the challenges? I'm going to go more of a pragmatic route, but insurance makes it really difficult to be able to provide the best care possible mm-hmm. that benefits patients without burning out as a, as a practitioner. Um, I, I see that being the biggest obstacle, uh, probably with all healthcare professionals, but in PT, just cause I have the most, you know, experience in that field, obviously, I just see it, um, having such a, a negative effect on patient care mm-hmm. and that's really hard. How, and how is it, how is there a negative effect on patient care? They don't pay as much, um, you know, reimbursement. For physical therapy, it's been decreasing a lot. The insurance and company? So, the yeah, the insurance uh-huh. company to, you know, to like outpatient clinics, for example. Um, so then these outpatient clinics then have to increase their numbers. And so to increase their numbers, as in the number of patients coming each day, then you have to really like double up, you know, double book. Um, and decrease the amount of time that you spend with patients. So it just, that's where the burnout can occur for PTs. And I think that is the biggest problem. Tweet, why do you do what you do? Why physical therapy? Hmm. Fitness Mm -hmm. is is very important to you. Um, Why? Because it's important. I mean, I think I'm more about like... uh, health and wellness rather than mm-hmm. just fitness and and okay. maybe the definition is more subjective but to to me uh fitness is is more about just well <laughs> getting fit you know yeah. just just going to the gym and and uh getting gains and just getting stronger or getting uh-huh. losing weight whatever it is but to me the health and wellness is about you know the balance of it all and thinking about not just the physical side, uh, as far as like, you know, lifting weights in the gym and getting, building up muscle, but also the nutrition aspect as, you know, I feel like that's something I'm always learning about too on my own. Um, and, and finding like mental balance, clarity, that sort of thing as well. So for me, the fitness aspect, I guess, is like, you know, when I go for runs or bike rides or hikes, like that's moving meditation for me. So I, oh, look- I like that term, moving meditation. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, like I, I definitely yeah. didn't coin it, but it's mm-hmm. exactly why I still, you know, I crave those things. Sometimes, yeah, I just want the endorphin hit, but 
-hmm. There are other times when I know that, you know, if I've had a stressful week, sometimes I need to like go for a long run, you know, in in the Mm -hmm. middle of the forest or something instead of just hitting the gym. So it's, yeah, that's why I tend to be more spontaneous about my, uh, the things that I like to do is because I do let my, uh, well-being dictate what it is that I need to do that day. So if I'm mm-hmm. not feeling, you know, great, then I figure out, okay, what is it that I need to do today? And maybe don't push it too much. So, mm-hmm. so your mom, Toy, um, <laughs> your mom is the only Vietnamese lady I know who has a six pack. <laughs> Did she have any influence on you going to physical therapy or, or, you know, focusing so much of your life on health and wellness? You know, probably. I mean, I would say most definitely. I don't think it was a conscious decision, but she was always working out, doing step Reebok uh, or running on <laughs> treadmill uh, when I was growing up. So I think that, you know, we both have this drive, um, both in our careers or work or just work ethic. Um, and so I think that kind of bleeds over into the fitness, health, wellness mm-hmm. kind of aspect of it. So I don't know, but that's probably just something that I picked up from her and, and I kind of channeled it a, a different way. But yeah, she's mm-hmm. a total gym rat. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are you known for in school? Uh <laughs> Amongst your, uh, among your classmates. Honestly, I think just being really, really nice. <laughs> I don't okay. know how else uh, to put it, but I'm, that's the feeling that I get from a lot of people. Uh-huh. Yeah, you are nice. Would you say you're a pushover nice? No, not anymore. I think I used to be. Um, okay. I think some people would look at it as me being a pushover, but no one is like pushing me to do it. I think mm-hmm. if the if the opportunity presents itself where if I make a sacrifice in some way, um, where it benefits like the group or somebody else who's having a harder time coping with something, I will take the opportunity to to do whatever it is. You know, mm-hmm. I mean. I feel like most of the time I'm able to, um, you know, make that that compromise or that sacrifice without like totally making myself miserable. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Why do you find it important to be nice? There are people. I mean, and, and everyone I'm sure knows these people, but there are those who really stress out, and you feel that energy. Or maybe that's just mm-hmm. that's just me. Uh, and you know, I feel very sensitive to that. And so I never want to. Be the kind of person to put that sort of energy into the atmosphere, and it's not to like, you know, look down on on the people who do. But if I can remove negativity from the atmosphere or mm-hmm. make things just a little bit calmer, because、um, I know that everybody functions at different levels and has different capacities for anxiety or stress,、um, then that's when I will do it. Not all the time,、okay. not every time, but if I feel like I can handle it mentally and be like, well,、mm-hmm. it's not a big deal if, you know, I perform my practical exam later than somebody else who needs to go earlier, you know, that、mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's simple stuff like that, but I, you know, that's just the kind of stuff I'm dealing with as a student and,、okay. you know, not in a workplace. 
Have you ever had to work with someone who complained so much, like a Debbie Downer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay.、Uh, do you have a good way of dealing with these type of people?、Um, distance.、Um, distance. Okay. <laughs> physical distance. Yeah, it's it's just hard. You know, when you don't have the mental capacity to deal with somebody who's just complaining all the、mm-hmm. time, but other、yeah. days you can deal with it.、Mm-hmm. Um, so if there is something actively that I do do, <laughs> it,、mm-hmm. it probably is to listen to them,、um, but for allow them to speak for you know a s- certain amount of time. But I'm not going to define that time. And、yeah. then if I feel like I can. I'll try and inject some other perspective, and、yeah. not to play devil's advocate all the time because that can be counterproductive and just make somebody mad.、Um, mm-hmm. But at least trying to bring down that the rage, you know, bring down、mm-hmm. that energy, and try and get them to see outside of themselves and get the big picture. One, I'm a big picture person, but I do feel like if you can get perspective and be reminded of I don't know. However small that problem really is, or that, hey, you've been complaining about this for a long time. Have you even thought about that other side of it, or a different perspective,、mm-hmm. or think about just letting it go? So、yeah. I think that's the hard thing for a lot of people, myself included, is just letting things go, and and walking away and being okay with.、Mm-hmm. Whatever issue it is that you have, like if it's something that is so minute, but you just get triggered and you have to rage about it, then fine. But for a finite amount of time, okay. <laughs>、mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. What is an area that you would like to improve about yourself? Well, career-wise, I think any PT student is going to say this: it's to be able to differentially diagnose, which basically means like. Recognize patterns and figure out what that diagnosis is. I mean,、mm-hmm. you can never be a hundred percent sure unless you like get, you know, depending on the gold standard they call it, if it's like an MRI or something.、Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I think that that's the most challenging part as a student because you're thrown all these different diagnoses and things that can be、yeah. um, impairments or whatever, and sometimes like it's just hard to tell. <laughs> so. A lot of times, the diagnosis doesn't even matter as long as you have a good idea of what's going on and making sure、mm-hmm. that you're not causing harm. Yeah, the, a lot of the treatment is going to be the same. You know,、True. it's going to be strengthening、uh-huh. muscles around the problematic joint. Yeah, Tui, how do you f- define success in your career?、Um, I know some people would say, you know, the salary, the title. I want six figures, happiness. What's what's success? How do you know when you've made it? Um, happiness for me, for sure. Okay. How、um, do you measure happiness? It's having more or most of the days that you get up being、um, maybe not necessarily looking forward to work because I、mm-hmm. never want to work a day in my life,、um, <laughs> but. If I have to go to work, I don't want to dread it.、Uh, mm-hmm. I want to have more things to look forward to when I wake up at that job. I, I think proficiency that comes with you know experience, that 
to me to find success. Um, okay. Becoming an expert in your field. Um, I think that、okay. that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And, and when, when you say the word expert,、uh, yeah. are you referring to,、uh, you know, you're an expert to where people come to you for advice and suggestions because you know what the heck you're doing? Yes. Or are you thinking about even another level of being a thought leader, writing books? Ooh, being, no, that's a good. That's a good point. On a, being called as an expert in a court case, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Like, how much of an expert do you want to be? I think I, when I said that, I was thinking colleagues.、Um, okay. I, I don't have big aspirations to like give lectures or talks. I find that flattering, right? When your colleagues come up to you, call you, hey, Can you help me with this? Or what are your thoughts about that?、Mm-hmm. I think that's very flattering when they trust your judgment and, and find you as, as the expert on something. All right.、Uh, I'm curious to learn more about your mindset and how you view the world and other people Ooh, in it. Okay.、Um, when it comes to solving people related problems in the workplace, at school, Um, as a physical therapist, what is your thought process or approach on how to resolve disagreements? Well, the first word that comes to mind is genuineness. That's a、okay. word, right? Just, just showing that I care.、Um, mm-hmm. And most times I do because, you know, I, I do care about what other people think to an extent.、Mm-hmm. Um, so I. I at least try to show like my vulnerability so that they at least hopefully feel somewhat comfortable being able to start the dialogue.、Um, uh-huh. But I think on top of that, being open minded、yeah. to, to the possibility that it won't get resolved, that I can throw everything that I have at it and it, the person may just not like me in the、uh-huh. end.、Um, but I think for the most part, I think it, it's trying to be empathetic and think about where that person is coming from and try and have a level of understanding and before I speak so that、yeah. I can try and meet them halfway, hopefully, or meet them all the way and try and speak their language to get an understanding. Cause most of the time, disagreements, arguments, they happen because of miscommunication. So it's,、mm-hmm. it's just trying to, Maybe speak in a different manner or language, quote unquote, so that you can try and get to the bottom of, you know,、mm-hmm. the, the start of the、uh, miscommunication. Yeah. I, I like how you mentioned about how you, you can also be vulnerable first,、um, and it helps open up a, a dialogue. I, I find that helpful. Like if, if you open up and be vulnerable and maybe admit to a mistake or, Uh, admit to, to something that the other person probably would not have expected you to do. It kind of catches them off guard in a way, but has them open up as well,、mm-hmm. um, to resolve that conflict. I don't know if this is a tough question or a, a, de- uh, <laughs> a thorough question or not. Um, how do you know how to do the right thing? God, that is a tough question. You're asking very good questions. <laughs> oh, thank you. I worked so hard on these questions. <laughs> yeah. So, so, for example, when I first、um, graduated college, my first job out of college was、uh, 
a management training program at HEB in Houston, Texas. And uh, I was in this two-year program to be a store manager inside like the grocery store. And I had to go through management training. And one of the skills that I had to learn among like leadership skills and financial planning and interviewing skills, all that stuff, was decision-making skills, sound judgment skills. And I'm like, how do you make sound judgment? What what does that mean? Um, And my trainer who was uh, helping me out, she said, it just comes through experience. Like it's it's not something Hmm. that you can learn doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. It's not something you can just learn, like read a book on it. It just comes through experience of mistakes and whatnot, I guess. And I wonder if I'm answering the question for you, <laughs> but like in, in, in your career, in your job, I'm sure you're going to um, encounter uh, some sticky situations where you want to do the right thing. You have to think about your own needs, your company, your business, that your you know manager's needs, the client's needs, so many people's needs. Like, and then some of t- some of the time it may conflict. Um, so how do you know what? to do. Well, I really, I completely agree. And I, that was, you know, initially going to start my ramble by saying it feel like it's just like intuition, but uh-huh. intuition comes from experience, right? So yeah, I think that it's, I would have gone down a similar route too. So thank you for answering that for me. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, if okay. I can add to it, it would be yeah. For me, it's um, weighing the all the options, depending on how much time you have to make this decision, but weighing all the options so that you consider your well-being, other people's well-being, and that sort of thing. Who was the best manager or mentor you've ever had? My last internship was at a outpatient clinic in Santa Clarita, and mm-hmm. Um, my clinical instructor, we, for short term, I, we call him CIs. Um, he was phenomenal. He's just really gravitates toward mentorship. Wow. He's OCS, so orthopedic uh-huh. certified specialist, uh, super smart, very charismatic, really sweet guy. Um, and very open to sharing personal things as well as, you know, things that he's learned. Um, mm-hmm. It's been really cool to learn from him professionally and personally. Mm-hmm. I really feel like we've become really good friends and made just made a lifelong friendship with this mm-hmm. amazing couple. So okay. I feel very like I just really hit the jackpot with the mentorship uh, that's awesome. in that sense. And I'm sure that's going to make a lasting impact on, on your career moving forward as well. I hope so. Be able to pay it yeah. forward. Yeah. Um, can you describe the best colleague to work with? Like a profile kind of thing? Yeah, like different? yeah, okay, like okay. a profile. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'll be describing my mentor, to be honest. So somebody okay. who is um, sharp, vulnerable, genuine, open, um, assertive, kind, um stands up for what they believe is right and can back mm-hmm. it up. <laughs> okay. Um, and considerate of other people. 
You say and considerate, not and. inconsiderate. No, no, no. <laughs> just an inconsiderate person. Just making sure. Yeah, just to mix it up. No, uh, correct. And a considerate person. <laughs> just to triple make sure, because this has got to be on record. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, did I say fun? Uh, if I didn't, uh, emphasis okay. on fun. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about stress, stress and anxiety. Uh, what stresses you out or gives you anxiety at work or in your career? I get pre-performance anxiety. Uh, pre-performance think, anxiety? Yeah. Like meaning performance as in whether it's performing in a practical or in an internship where you have to see a patient or something Mm -hmm. getting pre-performance anxiety it's just never easy even though you can have done this thing a million times there are certain days where you're i mean i uh, can get really worked up and get really in my head about things and then i stress out and have anxiety over things that are out of my control Mm -hmm. um doesn't happen often but that's definitely one pre-performance anxiety um failure that fear of mm-hmm. failure. Um, that's a big thing that I've been working on managing or yeah. kind of, you know, changing that conversation within myself over the last few years. Um, that definitely gives me stress. And I think disappointing people, whether it's like making a mistake or saying or doing something to offend that other person or cause stress in their life like that that has the potential to give me a lot of stress and anxiety and and I can really rethink overthink mull over past conversations for probably mm-hmm. way too long and then mm-hmm. you know talk to Dave and be like did I say this right was that was that misinterpreted and yeah. then it's like what are you doing like that person probably didn't even bat an eye at whatever it was that you said yeah so so do you read into situations too much? At times. And I want to blame, you know, when I am near my time of the month. Um, <laughs> there are times when I suddenly feel very self-conscious for no reason. Yeah. And then yeah. I think, oh, I am like a week out from my period or something. Mm-hmm. And it's and that's usually when I feel it the most. Yeah. I, I, I agree. It's, it's crazy how hormones can, can affect you so much. Okay, so fear of failure. Um, why? Why fear of failure? I put a lot of value in what like colleagues or people that I respect, what they think of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't let it dictate my life, but I just hate that feeling of disappointing somebody else. And mm-hmm. so yeah. disappointing somebody else is failure to me to an extent so I think that's that's what I define as fear of failure okay what happens when you get stressed do you have like a physical response to stress uh yeah I carry my shoulders up a lot higher so my upper trapezius muscle gets very very tense (laughs) what I know it's such a PT thing to say but um I carry my stress up in my shoulders is what most people say and Interesting. Do you feel do you feel that you manage stress well? I think I do. 
Not always. Okay. And I used uh-huh. to be really bad at it because it's just comes with experience. But I do think that I manage stress pretty well. And how, how do you manage stress? Well, I remove myself. Uh, I apply distance to people who would add stress <laughs> to my life. Okay. <laughs> um, you, you take the longer route instead of walking past by them? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, then you get I'm, some I'm, exercise, which leads me into the second uh, strategy, which is exercise. Ah, nice. Okay. <laughs> um, but I will... I will make time to go for a longer run or bike ride um, or do some sort of like workout that I can really sweat and feel. Mm-hmm. I get f- feelings of empowerment when I work out. So that's why I, I work out or am a- as active as I am is because it mm-hmm. makes me just feel like a badass and strong. And, and mm-hmm. I get perspective too most of the times, especially if I can get outside, uh, mm-hmm. out into the mountains or forest mm-hmm. or on a trail of some sort and really like get a different perspective of, of where I'm, where I live from another viewpoint, you just realize how small you really are, which I find comforting. Some people don't like that, but I find comforting yeah. to know that I am so small and insignificant and so are my problems. Oh, yeah, that's true. So it's like, it's those three things. It's I work out like an activity where Mm -hmm. I can be with friends. So I'll go to like the climbing gym or I'll go for a trail run with a friend or or just by myself. I do enjoy trail running a lot or biking with a friend. Um, So some sort of activity where there's a social component if possible. Um, Food and then vegging out and watching, you know, silly movies um, Disney Plus came out recently or fairly recently and oh man mm-hmm. that's been so nice to just like watch a bunch of movies that I used to watch as a kid so that's been my latest thing uh, I know growing up uh, we've talked about confidence, building confidence for mm-hmm. both of us um, would you say that you're a confident person? Yeah were you a confident person 10 years ago? no what made the difference? Getting into a doctorate program, but that even shook me up for the first year just because of transition and stuff. That was really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and the biggest thing, though, was finding friends uh, whom you've met where I've sp- I spent time getting to know them and seeing how hard they work, and but then they would carve out time for fun. And mm-hmm. fun being... Um, redefined for me as uh, doing like physical activities in the outdoors more than just going for a run in the neighborhood. It's like I mentioned before, going rock climbing, doing really big hikes. I find so much joy and gain so much perspective and empowerment when I am outdoors. And that really gave me so much confidence mainly because of what I said before. I feel like it's all connected where if I feel uh, like my problems are so big, I go somewhere Mm -hmm. where I feel small and then I realize, oh, my problems are not that big at all. Yeah. There are other things um, to remind me of that. And so I I must be confident because I feel like that is... It reminds me that uh, of what is important. And for me career 
is is important to an extent, but not to the extent where I it defines who I am. That's not I, ch- I and I think that's a choice. Uh, it's not to say that somebody who um, is very career driven is like going down the wrong path of finding meaning in life. Like that's not what I'm saying. For me personally, I don't want to put value in in career as who I am. And you said that you built your confidence by meeting other great people? Yeah, and, okay. and observing their, them and how they choose mm-hmm. to live life. Have you or do you suffer from imposter syndrome? I have. And what At happened? times I do still. <laughs> okay, can you tell me more? Um, it definitely, I felt like that when I got into PT school. When I felt like I was not keeping up, I, I felt like I don't deserve to be here. And it's not that I didn't do well. It's just in my mind, I felt like I wasn't doing well because I was stressing out every day and I just couldn't get it together. I couldn't keep it together. Yeah. So I felt like somebody was going to just come in and and say, hey, you shouldn't be stressing out this much if you actually belonged here. Get the fuck Mm -hmm. out. Yeah. But obviously, I don't feel that way anymore. I definitely feel like I deserve to be here. And I think it was Mm -hmm. a good decision for the school to admit me. Yeah. Um, What made you feel that you deserve to be there? Experience and time, realizing Mm -hmm. that any transition phase is going to have obstacles and bumps. But knowing that it's all about changing uh, your inner dialogue, knowing Mm -hmm. that it's a choice to be happy or it's a choice to not stress. And so if you... um, are good about practicing it every day, it eventually becomes, it just gets a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I just eventually like talked myself out of having imposter syndrome. And yeah. I, I still get it, you know, at the start of an internship because that's also new transition, but it gets less and less because I'm learning more and more each year, every day, mm-hmm. really. So I think- That's awesome. I think to come, to overcome it or at least combat it, it's uh, it's always exercising, like practicing, changing that inner dialogue, knowing that you have a choice to talk differently to yourself, yeah. and um, and gaining experience. Did you uh, did you also find someone who was um, who was dumber than you? <laughs> because... I mean, that's a tactic too. Well, I feel like you have a story to tell. <laughs> I know it sounds a little mean, but like sometimes if I don't feel confident, I'm like, man, am I good at my job or not? I look around like, how the heck is that person still here at this job? <laughs> I know I'm better than them, so that kind of builds my confidence. Um, it's not my go-to, but I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure I do it a little bit. It works for me. Yeah, that's great. Uh, <laughs> Um, Okay, let's talk about diversity. How would you describe yourself in terms of your race, ethnicity, gender, generation, etc.? I identify as female. I'm Vietnamese American. Um, I I guess I'm, I don't know how to say it. Is it first generation born in America? I don't know, something like that. I still don't know first generation, second generation. I get mixed up i well i always say that i'm first generation born in the u.s like okay. i feel like that's pretty that straightforward good. i don't know if okay. that's technically correct but yeah um, whatever um 
yes, my parents were like yours. So they came over, uh, they were born and raised in Vietnam and came、mm-hmm. over to the States. And then you were born. And then I was born. How has your race, gender, ethnicity, age, looks, how has that positively or negatively impacted your career? It might be people underestimating me. I'm only 5'3,、uh, kind of petite. And, you know, whether it's in career or, or personally, I don't, I don't even like feel like I look very fit. Like, I, I feel like, you know, just kind of standard average looking Asian. <laughs> And, no, you're fit.、Uh, well, okay, maybe that's a self perception thing then.、Um, okay. But I feel like all around, it's just, Maybe easy to, at least I feel like I'm being underestimated. And so, but that's okay. Underestimated、uh, in terms of what? In my like, abilities.、Um, like physical to, abilities or mental? I think all of it.、Or? I think all、okay. of it. I just don't have, I don't think I have a very like intimidating or very assertive kind of presence. That's just not how I present myself. Because people think you're very nice, right? Yeah, I think, and I, well, honestly, I think, you know, that's a good point. I think that a lot of people will tie in that niceness as like, oh, she's naive or she's a pushover、mm-hmm. or all this stuff. And so I do feel like I probably put that pressure on myself to like try and prove、mm-hmm. somebody wrong, even though they've never said it, you know, they've never verbalized that they are underestimating me or like, you know, Have very low expectations of me. I think it's,、mm-hmm. it's probably all in my head.、Um, but I use that to, to push me to try、okay. to be the best that I can be if,、yeah. if I want to. <laughs> if, if you want to. <laughs>、yeah. Keyword. So, so you said that they underestimated you. Do you think that has held you back? Like you haven't, did you,、mm. do you think you missed some opportunities because? Um, people have underestimated you. Maybe they never chose you to be on their dodgeball team or something like that <laughs> because, you know, you didn't seem like you knew what you were doing.、Uh, honestly, no, I don't think no? so、okay. because I feel like if, if it's something that I am passionate about or I want, I、mm-hmm. feel like I do whatever I can、um, to push myself to really work hard for it. Um, mm-hmm. That's something that my parents definitely instilled in me. And、mm-hmm. thus far, everything that I've really strived for, and、mm-hmm. if I really wanted it, I have、mm-hmm. achieved it, which feels actually really good to say that.、Um, nice. But there have definitely been times where I, I, I'm pretty sure that I've been looked over for something, but I want to say that I didn't really give it my all because I didn't、mm-hmm. actually really care that much. Yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah. Has anyone ever made you feel uncomfortable because you were female、yes. or Asian? Yes. Okay. Yeah. What would you like to share?、Um, this one's related to the fact that I'm Asian, but、um, I, I was working with a patient、um, this past summer, and she was Caucasian. And she, while I was working with her or, you know, doing a mobilization on her shoulder or something, I can't remember what it was, she was inquiring about my background, my、uh, ethnicity, which I thought was really cool. A lot of people, especially a lot of white people, don't really want to ask that, but I love talking about it because, at least to me, it's not offensive. Yeah.、Um, yeah. And so I was telling her about my parents and stuff, how they came over from Vietnam, and her comment goes, Oh, that's really cool. You, 
you speak so eloquently. I like your oh, English. And I was no. like, <laughs> yeah. And, I, I hate uh, that. Oh, I know. I'm sure you get that too. It's a very,、mm-hmm. I've gotten it before.、Mm-hmm. That's been probably the most recent, so it's not too bad. Um, well, they don't say that I speak eloquently. They're like, how long have I been here in the United States? Because、oh. <laughs> I have an accent when I speak. It's, it's not an accent, it's just a speech impediment. <laughs> What, any, anyways, go on. <laughs> I'm still bitter about those people. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and so I treat that, that situation as like, they just don't know better, but it's not. My job to educate them, or I choose、mm-hmm. not to be the one to educate them because I'm an intern, you know, and so I, I just don't want to take that on. So I just say thank you. <laughs> and, and then change the subject.、Um, okay. So you, so you don't confront them about it. You just say thank no, you. No. It's, it's not a big deal. Yeah. No, I don't.、Okay. Uh, have you ever cried at work? Yeah. Oh, what happened there? There's one time when I just pissed off my CI, not my mentor CI, the, the one、mm-hmm. that I had before. And、yeah. um, I just really him pissed off? him off because I was too slow. I was too slow、huh. at something. And I'm sure he won't ever listen to this or anybody that knows him <laughs> would ever listen to this.、Um, hey, you say no one will listen to my podcast? Well, I'm hoping this just because they're not podcast people. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> Actually, okay. I have no idea, but I'm hoping that they won't.、Um, okay. He just was, he wore his emotions on his sleeves. And as somebody who I thought that I was like that, oh, I'm definitely not like that, at least compared to、mm-hmm. this guy. And、mm-hmm. so if he was, Pissed off in any way, everybody knew it. And so I tried not to piss him off, but occasionally I would. And it was like, because I'm a student, I don't know how to document as quickly as you. And that's just, it's part of the learning process, is it's just getting more experience with it. But, um you know, I can understand why he gets angry, but I wish that he wouldn't, um、mm-hmm. he would reel that in a little bit better. What, what exactly made you cry? He, he yelled at you. He said mean things. I mean, didn't yell, but like,、uh-huh. yeah, his, his tone was super, super stern. And、mm-hmm. yeah, just the, the things he said, they weren't like nasty by any means. Yeah. It was totally valid, but it was just that feeling of disappointing him, even though I feel like I was bound to disappoint him because I'm a student. It's just not possible for me to learn this. Thing that quickly.、Mm-hmm. It's, it's just kind of like, well, the, it's just the conditions were right t- to disappoint him. And, and、yeah. unfortunately, it happened. But you can't kill it at work every day. It's yeah, just、true. something that I have to、exactly. tell myself. What's your biggest regret? I don't really have regrets.、Why? And I truly mean that because I, I choose not to. I. Wow, that's powerful. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have regrets because I feel like I, I really genuinely try to do what I believe is right. And、mm-hmm. I try my best to really think about other people, but have some self respect, you know, too,、mm-hmm. so I don't get taken advantage of if、mm-hmm. possible. Um, so, I, no, I don't, I don't really have regrets because I just choose not to dwell on those things. All right, ready? Lightning round? Yes, lightning round. Okay, here we go. Tweet. What was your very first job? Waitress. 
at a Thai restaurant. How old were you? 18. What did you want to be when you grew up? Singer-songwriter. What college did you go to? University of North Texas for my undergrad. What was your major? Marketing. Uh, and then you're going to doctors of physical therapy now, right? In Los mm -hmm. Angeles? Mm -hmm. Okay. Were you ever considered as the smart kid in class? No. How do you know they're smart? Because they raise their hands a lot in class and answer questions correctly. Ah, okay. And you're, you're quiet and you sit in the back. Well, quiet in the front. <laughs> okay, quiet. Okay. Got it. Uh, what do your parents do for work? Uh, my dad is a general contractor, owns his own business, looking to retire soon. And my mom is um, in a managerial position at uh, a tech company in Dallas. What did your parents want you to be? My dad wanted me to become a nun. And <laughs> I don't know what my mom... She never, she never really discussed that aspect. Uh -huh. If money wasn't an issue and you could be anything you wanted to be, Whoa. what would it be? Wow, man. This changes on the daily, um, like an astronaut or like uh, this job doesn't exist, but like some sort of like space explorer, uh -huh. uh, that would be really cool, but that doesn't okay. exist. Um, or I've also wanted to be like a, like a photographer for National okay. Geographic. I think that'd be cool. really cool. What is a quote you live by, if any? What is it? Oh, it goes, don't go looking for your passion, find passion in what you do. Something like that. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. What can I find on your desk at home? Um, a mess. <laughs> a mess of school Why stuff. Why did I ask that question? A okay. bunch of checks I haven't deposited from clients. And most recently, my icon base pass, which is like a, a annual ski pass to a bunch of different resorts. So let's end it with career advice. What advice would you give someone who is in the transition of figuring out the right career path? Find passion in what they do. I, I really, really strongly believe that. And that can be a uh, career or just in life. Um, uh -huh. It's obviously not to say not to like dream big. Don't be afraid to do that. Yeah. But um, again, not putting so much value in your destination. It's all about the journey. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, it's totally cliche and super cheesy, but it's so true. It's yeah. all your experiences that you learn. All Don't be afraid um, to make mistakes. Failure is every chance that you don't take. And I truly believe that. That's I used to do that all the time where I would not even give myself a chance because I would say, you're not smart enough. You're not talented enough. It's just such a ridiculous way to talk to yourself. There's just, life is hard enough. There's no need to be that way. And um, you just keep yourself from experiencing so many wonderful things. It's so ridiculous not to take a chance. And so yeah. what if you um, fall short? You're not failing. It's just an opportunity to, to correct it and try again and move on and get better. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You just got to try it out. Um, is it, is the quote... Wayne Gretzky's quote about you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take? Oh, yeah. Is that <laughs> I, one? Okay, okay. I'm not good. I'm, I'm not good at remembering those things. That's, no. um, 
So thank you. But you, <laughs> no, it's, you remember the the concept of it. Yeah, the message. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, and and you talked about how it's it's all about like, it's not necessarily about. I think you said the destination, but about the journey.、Mm-hmm. I know you said it's cliche, but、uh, it's always nice to hear it again because sometimes we we hear it so many times when we were younger, and it just goes in one ear out the other. But it's always. Nice to be reminded of it、mm-hmm. because sometimes, like we have that passion when we were younger, but we lose it. It kind of fizzles out when we're older, and life happens. And it's always nice to be reminded of it and, and get reinvigorated by it as well. Books, articles, resources that you recommend to people. The Rich Roll podcast is a is a fairly recent discovery that I've made.、Um, mm-hmm. I'm more of a podcast in a self help kind of way kind of、mm-hmm. person.、Um, his His、um, podcast just has so many smart people that come on, and it, the topics can range from some musicians, you know, that come on and talk about their craft,、mm-hmm. uh, to like veganism, if you know, and, and、uh, nutrition, if that's your thing, to like talking about how technology is has an effect on the human psyche. And then like meditation kind of stuff, so it can、yeah. it can really range, but it definitely has a very this very chill vibe that's like non judgmental, very like nothing is black and white kind of thing. So if、mm-hmm. you're if you're into that,、um, his podcast is fantastic. Cool. This、um, is rich rich roll. Yes, rich roll podcast.、Um, my my speech impediment. Prevents me from <laughs> saying it right. It's R I C H. Yes. R O L L. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so、good. I used to say "which woe." That's how I would have said it back then, without speech therapy. Aww, <laughs> okay,、cute. thank you, Tui, for、yeah. jumping on this、uh, podcast. Thank you for asking me. Of course,、Very、sharing、flattered. with me your vulnerable moments. You've grown a lot, Tui, since、uh, I don't know what was it five. I said like what five years ago or so. We had a a. a A long talk about confidence and whatnot, and I, I said that the past few years I've seen you grown so much, and it seems like you found the right people to surround yourself with,、um, who have helped you build that confidence as well. I think that's an important、thank、piece、you. of it. So thank you so much for sharing sharing your experience, your vulnerable moments, and、um, hope to see you in SoCal. Maybe we can be neighbors one day. Oh, that would be great! <laughs> All、Oof. right, signing off. So that wraps the episode. If you're looking for more tips and tricks on how to navigate sticky situations at work, check out the library at feedlearning.com. And if you're an HR professional, founder, or manager, and would like to get some training or coaching for yourself or team, reach out to me, and I'd be happy to help out. If you have any questions or comments about this episode or for future guests, you can send me a message at hello at feedlearning.com or leave me a voicemail on my Google Voice at eight zero five two six two seven seven eight two. Until next time, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn. Subscribe to People Podcast by Feed Learning on iTunes or Spotify, and share this episode with a friend. Thank you so much for listening. See you later.